Hello again, I'm Alan Weiss, and this is The Uncomfortable Truth. You know, the great, great hockey player Wayne Gretzky had this famous comment. They asked him how he was so successful, how he scored so much, and he said he didn't skate after the puck. He skated to where he knew the puck would be. In other words, anticipate what's going to happen and be there. Don't follow something. Good advice for almost anything, right? We all see the present, we think very clearly, and we apply it to the past. We apply current standards to the past. We apply current mores and ethics and beliefs and values to the past, even though they were very different times. And instead of seeing a motion picture, we see a photograph, and we think that today will also be tomorrow. We think there won't be a commensurate change in values or beliefs or social mores. We see the future as simply an extension of the present. But if you take a look at, oh, I don't know, the telegraph versus the telephone, or radio versus television, or horses versus cars, or airplanes and artificial intelligence, we know that the future is not just an extrapolation of the present. It is comprising a variety of significant leaps. We don't consider dramatic change. We think we've seen it all, like the guy in the late 19th century who headed the patent office and said he was thinking of suggesting the office be closed because everything that was to be invented had been invented. We tend to make decisions that gratify us for today, therefore, and not for the future. We make decisions that make us feel good today without thinking about who will be in the future or what will be in the future or where will be in the future. We make decisions with a very short-term point of view. It's not just Wall Street looking for quarterly profits. We all look at the ridiculously short term. But let me ask you something. I never studied or planned to be where I am today. Did you? I mean, I guess if you're a surgeon and you always were going to medical school or you're a teacher and always wanted to be a teacher or an attorney or whatever it is, but I know a whole lot of people who never would have guessed they'd be where they are. I would have had a hard time describing what I do today and who I am today and where I am today 30 years ago. I've always been opportunistic. I've expected the future would bring great change, not just be an extension of the present. So if you look at automobiles and airplanes and telegraphs and telephones and computers and things that change the world virtually overnight... We can expect more of that to come. We might not know exactly what they are. We might not know where to invest our money or what to bet on. But we know they're coming because they've come in the past and they're here today and they will come again in the future. And they've changed us dramatically. You know, solipsism, one of my favorite words, is the belief that only the self is real. You might say that an ostrich is somewhat solipsist because... The big birds put their heads under the sand when they fear danger, and so they can't see it, and so it disappears. It's a solipsist kind of attitude. But a lot of us feel that the only thing real is us, not things happening around us, not things happening in the world, not things happening to others. And presentism, this psychological illness that seems to have befallen us today, says that only the present is real. The past may have happened, but it wasn't real for them. They have to apply our standards. And the future will be very much like today. And none of that is true. What if none of it is real? Change and volatility and disruption are age old. They're not a product of the 21st century.
abundance farming, the revolving turret on warships, continental railroads, assembly lines for mass production. I could go on and on. All of these were disruptors. All of these were volatile. So is the spinning loom, the automated spinning loom. And so these are not recent developments. And I'm surprised that we're so shocked when someone points that out. The only reality, therefore, is evolution, and sometimes revolution. We study for today, and we major in, things that will stop existing. The point of education is really to teach us how to learn, not to teach us content. Today, for example, factories are not hiring that many blue-collar workers anymore to run the equipment. They're hiring white-collar workers with college degrees to run the computers that run the equipment. About 75% of my income in any given year comes from things that didn't exist four or five years ago. The 3M company has that as a strategic intent, as a matter of fact, and it's, of course, a multi-billion dollar company. So what are we studying for? Are we studying how to learn and evolve? Or are we studying things will be passe before we even finish studying them? The key is in content. The key is the process of learning. But if you have kids, what they learned in school or are learning in school or will learn in school is probably going to be obsolete before they get out of school. We're not in some grand game of Jeopardy where we're supposed to provide the questions for the answers that we see. I was on Jeopardy. I won't go into it. The sequence that we have to think about looks like this. First, there's data, data points. And then there's information when we combine data into some useful form. And then there's knowledge when we combine information into the ability to manage and to control and to influence and to progress. And finally, there's wisdom where we combine knowledge to anticipate the future and to plan effectively and to somehow come to grips with the world around us. I've heard about a lot of smart guys being around, but I don't hear a lot about wise guys unless they're in the mob. How do you know where the puck's going to be? How do you know where to skate to? Gretzky seemed to know the dynamics. He knew the angles. He knew the algorithms. He knew the tangents and the sines and the cosines. He knew how to get to where the puck was going. He could judge the speed and the angle and who is in between him and the puck. You know, you can anticipate right now telehealth and remote work and global work and social consciousness affecting how companies conduct their work. You can see all that coming. Some of it's here and some of it's growing. Just recently, Blue Cross here made us an offer to have access for virtually nothing, no money, to 24-7 doctor's responses by phone and email. More of that is going to come because it's cheaper for the provider and it's better for the patient and for the member. You can create new and innovative needs for your clients. You can create them, you can produce them. We know the puck will not stay where it is. That's a given. It's unlikely it's going to come to us. So we need to determine for each of our lives, for each of our businesses, for each of our well-being, just where it's going to be. You'd better get good at that, because that's the uncomfortable truth.